Today we are continuing our series that we just started last week called Each Other. And what we've done is we have based this series on one command that Jesus gave uh, to his closest followers, which then would be including us. In John 13, verse 34, Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. Let's read it together. Love each other as I have loved you. Come on, one more time. Love each other as I have loved you. So as followers of Jesus, I am called to love others as Jesus loves me. As followers of Jesus, you are called to love others like Jesus loves you. So Jesus gives us this one commandment. We talked about that last week. If you, if you missed last week, go online to um, our podcast or our website and make sure that you listen to part one. But what we've seen is that Jesus gives us this one commandment, and then the New Testament unpacks dozens of applications of that one commandment. There are literally, actually, 58 different times in the New Testament that we are told to love each other by expressing it in various ways. And we're going to be talking about that over the next several weeks. In fact, one of the ways that Paul instructs us, the Apostle Paul instructs us to, to love each other, um, we're going to look at today in Galatians chapter 5. So let's take a look at it. He writes this, my brothers and sisters, God called you to be free, but do not use your freedom as an excuse to do what pleases your sinful self. Read these last five words with me. Serve each other with love. Come on, let's read it with some gusto here. Serve each other with love. Yeah, serve each other with love. So what do you think of when you hear the word serve? Now, maybe you think of a waitress that's serving at a restaurant. Maybe you think of someone serving in the military. Maybe you think of someone um, serving as a police officer. After all, their cars say to protect and to serve, right? If you ever saw the cars. Uh, maybe you think of tedious chores of serving and cleaning up other people's messes and doing whatever someone else tells you to do. Maybe that's your image of serving. Maybe when you think of a servant, you think of someone who is mistreated or taken for granted or stripped of their dignity. And yet Jesus called himself a servant. It's interesting. The apostles described themselves as servants. The apostles, in fact, commended others for being servants. Throughout the New Testament, the writers teach us about serving. In fact, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are commanded. I don't know if you caught that. When Paul was writing Galatians 5, it's called an imperative command. It, 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 it commands us to do what? To serve each other with love. Come on, read it with me again. Serve each other with love. Now, how many of you know this does not come naturally or easily for us? Yeah, right? It doesn't. I mean, this is something that all of us struggle with. We struggle with the idea of serving someone else. Our human nature fights against this every step of the way. We don't like giving up our wants our rights, our me, myself, and I orientation fights against this serving idea, this concept. I mean, we may not mind serving to a certain point or for a limited time or for a, you know, for a specific person. We, we don't mind serving someone if we know that they can serve us back, right? Husbands and wives, you know, you always have that going on. But it's a big time ask if we are called to serve someone 
without limitations. It's difficult to see ourselves as servants. No power, no rights. We are called to serve each other whether we feel it or not. Whether we feel like it or not. Whether it's convenient or not. Paul calls us to serve each other with love. And he understands there is a connection between loving and serving because he saw it in Jesus. Take a look what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2. He's writing to believers, followers of Christ in the area of the region of Philippi. Take a look. Paul says, do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. He gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born as a man and became like a what? Servant. So my question was this week, how do we do this? Where, where do we start in serving each other? What's the, what's the starting point, the launching point? I believe that Paul tells us right in this passage of Philippians 2, he tells us three things specifically that we need to do. Let's look at it again. Philippians 2.4. Don't be, do not be interested only in your own life. In my own life. Let's think about that for just a moment. In your own life, in my own life, what am I interested in? My happiness, my success, my relationships, my health, my stuff. What's that called? It's called self-centered. That's called self-focus. And, and Paul is saying, the first thing he's telling me to do, and you want to get this down in your outline, is get my focus off of me. Get my focus off of me. When we think of self-centeredness, we always think of someone else. We never think of ourselves. We never think that we're self-centered or self-focused. It's, well, you know, that person, that, somebody I work with or that person in my family, they are so self-centered. Have you ever noticed that? It's always someone else. It's never ourselves. We never see it in ourselves because we never think that about ourselves. But the truth is, let's be honest, all right? We're in church. Most of us think about ourselves most of our waking hours. Let's just be honest. Let's be real. I mean, I don't know about you, but I fail to realize how much focus I put on myself. My day, my schedule, my likes, my wants, what I want to do with my time. This is me time. You know what I'm talking about? If I, if I fail to, to look in the mirror, I, I fail to realize What's going on with me? When I stop to look in the mirror, I begin to see that my focus needs to change. The, what's inside of me needs to change. Some of you may have uh, read or heard about the, the best-selling book that's been out for a long time now. Rick Warren wrote it called The Purpose Driven Life. Have you ever heard of that book before? It's interesting. Purpose Driven Life is a, is a fascinating book about really getting your life going in a right direction specifically with God and in God's direction. But I find it interesting that the first four words written in the book is this. It's not about you. First four words of the book. It's not about you. That's something I need to realize. It's something that you need to realize. It's not about me. 
I heard a story of a pastor, and I relate to this because, you know, we're talking pastor world here. And so the pastor went to visit a church member who was in the hospital. And uh, the pastor entered the room. He saw the patient lying in bed, loads of tubes and, and lines and wires attached and connected to him. And the pastor realized, wow, this, this patient, he's, he's pretty sick. He's critically ill. And so he, he began to think, I really need to come in and bring encouragement and bring God into this scenario. So he approached the bedside and he began to share words of encouragement and he was quoting scriptures. And, and, and the pastor continued and, and the patient started waving his arms. He raised his arms and he was waving his arms. And so the pastor thought, wow, I'm really making a difference in this patient's life. And so, you know, he was thinking, man, I'm the one that God's going to use to help this guy. I'm the one that's truly speaking the words of God. And so he just continued to teach and share encouraging words and scriptures. And the guy kept waving his arms and, and the pastor then prayed this incredibly long pa- uh, prayer and, and he opened his eyes to see that the patient had went unconscious and he thought to himself wow I was here just in the nick of time I was here to give the words that that guy needed to hear but what he failed to realize that the man had written something on a little pad of paper on the bedside table just before he went unconscious. And he saw that there was something written on the pad, and he, he grabs the pad, and he looks at it. And it says, you're standing on my oxygen tube. Sometimes we really have our focus on ourselves, and people around us have needs. People around us are dying. And they need us to get our focus off of ourselves. Look, at the, look again at the scripture, Philippians 2, 4. Don't be interested only in your own life. But read this part with me. But be interested in the lives of others. This is what you need to get down. Become more aware of the lives of those around me. Become more aware of the lives of those around me. In our homes, husbands, serve your wives. Wives, serve your husbands. Parents, serve your kids. Kids, serve your parents. At work, serve your boss. Serve your coworkers. If you don't know what to do to help, to serve, then you don't know them enough. Get closer. Get to know them. Find out how you can serve them. But here's the challenge that I really want to bring into this. And I, I believe that all of us can do better at serving those around us. But here's the challenge, and I want us to take this literally. When Jesus was speaking to his followers about loving each other, remember that in John 13? Who was he speaking to? He was speaking to his disciples, and he was telling them, you guys love each other, not love others, love each other. Basically saying, I want you to love the guys, the people in this group. It's interesting that Paul, writing to Jesus' followers about serving each other, who was he writing to? He was writing to followers of Jesus, those that were in the church. So here's a little literal translation for us. Let's do this each other thing right here at Pathway Church. I mean, get these two things down. Serve each other at Pathway Church when we gather. I'd like to challenge you to come to church not seeking to be served, 
not seeking to get what you can get out of church, I want to challenge you to not be a customer or a consumer. I want to challenge you to come to church to serve each other. Wow, that's a whole different orientation, isn't it? I mean, did you know that we have people who serve you at Pathway Church each week? Each week. People behind the scenes, people unpaid, sometimes unnoticed. You don't even know what's taking place, but it happens. Uh, I, I wrote down a couple. I could include everybody in, in, in this that, that serve, but I, I just picked out a few off of our team. Um, Carol and Bryce, they, they set up our coffee table, our water outside, our communion inside, all of the pre-service snack table, all of that kind of stuff. They serve you so that you can enjoy the morning. You may not have known that. But behind the scenes, there are people serving you. People like our tech team. I mean, we notice when things go wrong, right? When the sound isn't just right, or maybe the screens have an issue, or the lights are flickering, or whatever. We notice that, but when things are going smoothly and they go really well, we don't even notice it. We don't notice the fact that we have people in the booth every week coming at 8.30 in the morning on Sunday morning every week to get ready so that you and I can enjoy the service. Um, I, I want to pat my wife on the back here. She writes our curriculum for our kids' classes, gathers supplies during the week um, so that our kids' way classes can make a difference. She serves you every week. These are, these are people that are unpaid and often unnoticed serving behind the scenes. But did you know that they are serving you? Serving. Hmm. What if all of us came to church on a, on a Sunday with a mindset of wanting to serve each other? How would that change us? How would that change our church? What would it do to our worship experience? So I, I want to encourage you today. Now that we've gathered in this place and you're here today, look for someone to serve today. Bart, what are you talking about? I, I'm talking about as easy as sharing some love with somebody, an encouraging word, uh, um, an affirmation to them. Maybe you're going to connect with them in the week and text them or call them or maybe go have lunch with them, whatever. But you're, you're making an effort to connect and to serve them. And I want to encourage you to do that. That's the next fill in the blank. Serve each other from Pathway during the week. I mean, it, it's one thing to say that we are a friendly church, which I believe we are. But my question is, are we a church of friends? Because, see, if we're a church of friends, we are connecting with each other during the week, not just on Sundays. And I think that's where the serving takes place. I think you and I have an opportunity to serve each other. Not just in this room, not just on this campus, but during the week. And I would challenge you to ask God to direct you to someone who needs you this week. I mean, even right now, in this room, make it your prayer. Say, God, I want to do this. Point me in the direction of someone that needs me this week, that needs me to serve them this week. They might need your encouragement. They might need your prayers. They might need your help. 
You know, a, a lot of the times, I'm just speaking for me personally, a lot of the times I don't necessarily need your help. I just need to know that there's somebody thinking about me and praying for me. And so when I get that text during the week, and, and it never fails that it's one of the worst, it, you know, I'm having one of the worst days or whatever, and it's a real day of struggle, and I get a text from one of you that says, hey, I'm praying for you today. Wow. Somebody's actually thinking about my life and praying for me. It makes a difference. But I, I would encourage you, pick out someone right here in our church and make them more important than yourself this week. Ask God to use you, to, to allow you to serve them this week. Paul writes, in your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. So here's the third thing that Paul tells us. Get this down. I must ask myself, what would Jesus do? Now, you know, that's that WWJD thing that's been around for years now, and I'm not going to harp on that. But, but this is truly a question that we need to ask ourselves. If we are to think and act, Paul says, think and act like Jesus. If we are to think and act like Jesus, then we have to back up and ask the question, what would Jesus do? How would he serve? I've discovered that you are never more like Jesus than when you're serving somebody. Jesus tells us in Matthew 20 that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And we see this the most in a passage of Scripture in John 13, where Jesus and his disciples have gathered to enjoy the Passover meal together. This was in a time when the roads were not paved. They, they were dirty. They were dusty. Most people traveled by foot. They traveled miles. They walked everywhere they went. Can you imagine how dirty your feet and your ankles would be traveling by foot on roads like that? And so because of this, it was common, if you were hosting a meal at your home, it was common to have a servant at the door with a basin of water and a towel and they would wash the guests' feet as they came in, as they entered. If there was no servant available for this task, then the earliest arriving guest would take it upon themselves to serve others by washing the feet of those that had come. Not only was this needed because of the road condition and how dirty you would be, but it was a very practical thing at a meal because... First century Jews did not sit in chairs like we do around tables. First century Jews reclined at low tables. They were low to the ground. They reclined on, on pillows around the table with their feet pretty close to everything. In fact, if we were dining like they were dining over at Pyology today, my feet would be pretty close to your face. And I don't know about you, but I would really want to have the feet of the person close to me pretty clean. Anybody else like me in that? I would not want to be eating my pizza with your stinky feet in my face, right? And so there, there was a practical reason to this cleaning of their feet. So these guys, the disciples and Jesus, they arrive for the Passover meal. And not one of them takes it upon himself to wash the feet of the others. So what do you think goes through the mind of the disciples when Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin? Then he began to wash 
the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around them. Think about this. Instead of demanding respect, instead of demanding the honor that was due him, Jesus lowers himself to do the dirtiest, most common, most demeaning job a servant could do. And then we read that after washing their feet, Jesus put on his robe again. He sat down and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, Jesus says. And you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. So Jesus laid aside who he was to serve. And then he calls us as followers to do what he did to each other. And then think about this. This will blow your mind. At the same table, just a few minutes later, Jesus told his followers, I give you a new commandment. Love each other as I have loved you. Look what he says. All people will know that you are my followers if you love each other. All people will know you are my followers if you serve each other. Wow. See, we miss this con the, the connection of this all too often. Jesus connects loving each other with serving each other. He puts these two together. In fact, we need to get this down and we need to learn this. This, not, this shouldn't just be a fill in the blank. This should be something that we realize today. Get this down. We can't love each other without serving each other. It goes hand in hand. We show we love each other by serving each other. You cannot love each other without serving each other. And all of us need to work on this. This isn't a message for just a few of us. This is for all of us. 